Okay, we're back. Um, Sean's having a little bit of computer issues today, so his audio is coming through his headphones instead of his mic, but it's not that bad and we can deal with it. So speaking of issues, Sean, you've been working on bundling. <laughs> How's that going? <laughs> I bet that's what broke my computer. That's Probably. That's... Definitely. Yeah, so I'm, I'm, I'm just down to the point where I need to bundle it up into a package that we can release on NPM and then... Yeah, it's time for, you know, you and me, Aaron, to link it up, uh, make sure that I'm speaking the same language. Like, I think that I've got the, I mean, I think that my blueprints that I'm generating are what you're going to expect. I'm pretty sure they're identical to what I'm generating in the rail side. So, um, so we'll have to get that all synced up. And I think that it would be faster for us to do that, not via the package. So the, the package is not really a hold up on us, like doing that work, if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. Um, so whenever you want, you and I could um, team up and make sure that that, that works, uh, figure out how we want to do that. So also thinking of like, maybe we want to have a separate repo, which is basically just like our two projects pulled together to create mm. something so that way we can run integration tests on it. You know what I mean? Yep, that makes sense. Um, which is a little bit crazy, but kind of like, maybe what Important. we should do. Yeah. I don't know. It's worth discussing at least if that approach makes sense or if there's something simpler to do that we could do, but, but yeah, so then, so that's done. Then the, the bundling is, you know, should be easy, but is not, I like, I don't understand why it's a hard problem for me to just only build my code and not include, all the other code, you know, that I'm pulling as dependencies. I don't, I mean, it, it is in theory, like there's directives in, um, in Webpack for me to say, like exclude these things, etc. cetera. Uh, and view Cly, the, the library that I'm using to like just create the project does a whole bunch of stuff for me that I don't have to configure. So that's cool, but I have it set up the way it should be. And it's excluding most of these dependencies except for one. And it's mysteriously just hanging around. <laughs> So I'm just figuring that out. And it's just this one particular library. Um, yeah, so it's it's weird. Like, I don't understand, like, first of all, this library, I'm only using two functions out of it. It's like, probably would not be that much for it to just be inlined. On the other hand, probably a lot of people use it. It's this, like, time library. That's um, sort of the canonical library that people are using for time stuff now. So it makes sense for it to be a dependency that people pull in on their own. But on the other hand, it's also like kind of tiny amount of code and I'm only importing these two functions. And in theory, it should do this tree shaking thing and it shouldn't, it could just inline it and it would be small, a small package to include. So even if I did screw up the web pack, which I have <laughs> and it was included, it would be small, but it's not. So that's not working either. So yeah, I don't, I don't know. I'll figure it out, but it's stupid and annoying. And I don't understand why it's like just built build the library, build the code, and then don't include, don't concatenate the other libraries unless I tell you to. I mean, I don't, isn't that what basically you almost always want? <laughs> yeah, like, basically. <laughs> so, it's I don't know. Very frustrating. <laughs> and I, I've just been copy pasting magic incantations in like for each different library to get it to not include, not concatenate into the, the final build. Like seriously, like each one has had its own little special thing I have to do. There's like this excludes thing in Webpack. It seems straightforward. You just put that in there, and then that should work. But 
No, I had to go change something in my Babel config in order to get one of them to not be included. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't understand why. That makes no sense to me. It's, it's weird. <laughs> I so. know. It's very frustrating. Hopefully, this will be um, one of the benefits of being open source is someone can come along and say, like, ah, you should change all this build step. Be like, great, yeah. please change it for me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I mean, in the end, I don't think our setup is going to be that complicated. It's just... Uh, I just got to get that one last kind of piece in and then, yeah. And then we're, and then we're there and I can push that out and then, yeah, I want to do something crazy and see if I can get it to work in the rails code that our client is running just for fun. Oh, like as a smoke test. Yeah, no smoke test would be, I just yarn at it to my own project and then run it mm-hmm. there uh, instead of running from my own code. Um, but the like the, you know that'd be the easiest thing just create another view client project and then run it with the data that i've been providing that'll be a fast test but yeah it would be fun just to see it working with with uh colleen stuff um swap out the hotwire thing put in the view client that's kind of neat mm-hmm. that's just pretty that would be very want cool to to for see. fun yeah <laughs> yep. yeah that would be awesome well i am off all of next week um, for Thanksgiving. Me too. So if any of those days work um, for you, Sean, to do some integration stuff, then I might be able to set aside, especially uh, Monday, Tuesday would probably be easier. Okay. Yeah, probably n- not, but okay, maybe. that's fine. I mean, I was telling you guys about all my work stuff. Yeah. Mm-hmm. All the non-developer work stuff eight into my developer time. And then I have (laughs) commitments that I have to finish up for clients to get like some, you know, some of our important clients to get some stuff done code wise. So Mm -hmm. we'll see, but then, you know, certainly wouldn't be unreasonable for me to take a day off next week. I'm sure quite a few of us will be doing that. So that would be, that'd be awesome. Actually, if I could get the work stuff like wrapped up, buttoned up and then get a day off to do that with you, that'd be sweet, but we'll see what happens. Okay, keep me updated. Um, I'll be I'll be around. I mean, we're not we're not traveling. We're actually hosting Thanksgiving here, and our office is closed for the entire week. So, nice. Yeah, I'll, I'll be good. That's pretty big. I mean, that's a pretty pretty exciting. Yeah. So, like, where do you where are you at with like comfort level with soft launching? Like, once we just I'm, get it working. Yeah, together? I'm ready. Let's okay. let's integrate it. Make sure the Everything matches, and then yeah, like start gotta, reaching out to people on Twitter. We got to double check on how I'm doing refinements and make sure that mm-hmm. makes sense to you. Yeah, that's I one open that's for we me. We decided I'm doing it. I think what we decided together, um, and then the error data format mm-hmm. that's so easy to change and swap around. It's literally mm-hmm. just like we can just whatever makes sense. We'll just do that. But I got I just put in what I thought probably was what we'd end up with. Yeah. I think that's, um, and then I did not do the deferred condition. That's fine. That one was very cool. I don't know if, I don't know if the client has that one. And so Colleen, you may have never seen it, but it's very cool. It's like the option condition where they can say like, um, you know, let's say color is red, blue, green, purple, but it, is an a like the options are provided um, via Ajax, so they can start typing, uh, 
it'll hit the back end refine will do the query based on what they've typed and send back viable options for them so if it's an option condition of like you know ten thousand options or whatever then we don't have to send them all down so it's very cool nice um yeah i'm i'm ready i think that's great so we've got um yeah we've got the licensing portal set up through unlock.sh which is incredible so they will um i can set up fees and take billing and everything through there and they handle the distribution um so everything on that side i've got all set up um so yeah i think i think that's it i think we're ready to go <laughs> mm-hmm. yeah absolutely. pretty crazy <laughs> so if you know awesome. anybody that's interested yeah i have a couple a couple people that have already reached out over the past, you know, whatever, two years and they're ready to, ready to try it. So I know it's crazy. It's a big deal. Cool, man. Yeah. Yeah. They're going to pay for it, right? Yes. Cool. Yeah. Awesome. Getting that stranger money. I know. Yeah. That's great news. I know it's going to be great. We've we got our first license two years ago, and now we're ready for number two, <laughs> three, and four. You know, okay. <laughs> anything else on your side? Mm-mm. No, other than yeah, it's like tempting to. I'm not going to do this, but like the React version for just doing a builder version. It's like, it's a fully formed in my mind. I just need to like poop it out into code. Like I can do it at any point, but it's, it's on like, that note. <laughs> someone reached out to me saying they may want us to help them with a react version of it. Yeah. Um, okay. So let me, let me see exactly what he's looking for on that. And I may send him over to you. Um, it was, he was, the last DM I had, it was like, Hey, we'd love to pay you guys to build this out and react for us. Okay. So, and I figured because all this, the way that you did the view stuff was so like, um, you know, advanced view, like basically not view. It's going to translate super easily to react because you did all the composition stuff. Right. Well, so yeah, all of that stuff, is above and beyond like just what I need to, in order to do the, the builder version, mm-hmm. but also yes to what you're saying. Like it's so much easier for my brain to think in react and how I would do this in react. And like all of the, um, the like statically, like the pure front end query builder code, like the, mm-hmm. basically the declarative language for like the, sorry, domain specific language for building queries that you can you're just write components out on, you know, like that would enable us to do like um, I keep wanting to call it spec search because that's what you used to call it. Faceted search, you know, mm-hmm. that stuff. Put that aside. That's easy for that's easier for me to wrap my head around in React than it was for Vue <laughs> and like building APIs for developers with the tooling that I have in React is, again, easier for me to wrap my head around. But just building the query builder component that accepts blueprint and errors and conditions like mm-hmm. that is 
also easy and fully loaded in my brain and, you know, should not take more than I'm not going to say actually, cause I'm going to jinx myself. It should be easy. <laughs> like it should be pretty easy. That's great. Well, I'll see what this most recent DM from the react guy says and see if it lines up with anything we want to do. Okay. Yeah. Like if they have a budget that they want to throw at us and whether it's less than what we think we would need, uh, that's fine. Like it would be enough to like just prompt me to do it then. Mm -hmm. That makes sense. Oh, speaking of budget, did um, you ever get in touch with Mateus? Yeah, we just couldn't, uh, our wires just kept crossing, I guess. So really, we we never really connected. I tried, I tried to pull him into email because I think Twitter DMs, both of us just like lose them. Yeah, same. But we didn't make it there, so. <laughs> Pity. Yeah, we'll find somebody, though. Okay, cool. Colleen, what's going on over there in California? Um, you know, it's 65 degrees today, oh so gosh. I told my children they needed to wear pants, because now that's cold for us. <laughs> mm-hmm, it's winter. It's the dead of winter. It's basically winter, so we have fully acclimated when we decided it was cold. So yesterday was a big day on the client side. I spent hours, hours, the majority of my workday yesterday, um, talking to the client and talking to some database experts and trying to figure out how we're going to handle the multiple database problem. And Aaron, you are part of that discussion. So we are going to... I'm going to change a little bit the way the query is working. So it'll be interesting to see how it all, how it all ends up, but I'm trying to get them. We're we're ending up with multiple databases because they anticipate having tens of billions of rows in their events table. Right. And so they're pushing that onto a different provider than the rest of the application. And then (laughs) the fun part is they want us to, search through both at the same time, like be able to build filters against both sets at the same time. Right. Yep. So that'll be an adventure. I think it's good. I'm glad we have a path forward and it's maybe not how we initially um, designed it or had anticipated it being used, but I think it's going to be fine. I think it's going to work fine. It's a great way to prove this proof of concept that we can do this. Oh, you got this guy and this this table in Postgres and this table in MySQL. Like, we can sure, still make we that do work. That. <laughs> we do that now. <laughs> so yeah. So, but it was a lot. It was a lot of talking to people yesterday. But I think I'm happy that we have a path forward, and I feel good about that. Yeah, it was weird for me because. I, I mean, at some point, I just had to say, like, I don't know. Like, Here's I, the thing. I've never dealt with tens of billions of records, so I really, I really don't know. And like, I, I can ta- tell you the theory, but I don't yeah. know. Like, and I've talked, I talked to a couple other people. Like, I have a friend who's really, who's a uh, super senior Rails developer and a super senior database guy, and there's no answer. I mean, that's mm-hmm. what I'm finding, right? Like, there's no one definitive, this is the best way, because there are so many factors in play here. And, you know, I spent an f- hour on the phone with him trying to, like, tease out, like, 
what is the best path forward? Mm-hmm. And no one really knows. So we have five different people that we, you know, mm-hmm. that I talked to yesterday who have different set of experience and, you know, different stacks and different database, di- Postgres, MySQL, like different database expertise. Mm-hmm. And the answer is no one is quite sure. And mm-hmm. so this will not break. This might not be as fast as we were hoping or is our uh, our initial design was going to be lightning fast, right? Mm-hmm. So we don't really know, but you don't know until you do it. I, that's kind of where I think we are. We know it's not going to break. We know it's going to work. And so we just got to stop talking about it and do it because right. we're not going to know until we test it. And it, it, like everything with databases, it depends so much on the shape of your data. Right. So you could have the same setup with 10 different data shapes and it work 10 different ways. Right. And so that makes it really, really tough. Um, did your database expert friend have anything like insightful that we weren't thinking about? Because that would be helpful for me to know. I don't think so. I mean, he talked a lot about with this level, with this number of rows and this level of complexity, you really need to you really need to optimize it at the application level. Like, mm-hmm. so I was trying to optimize it at the query level. And his point was, you mm-hmm. really need to optimize it at the application level. And, and so, so that's, explain the difference there. So I'm trying to say, what is the best, the smartest, most performant query? And he said, you need mm-hmm. to go back to your events table and said, what data do I need? When do I have, like, do I have the right information on the events table in indexed correctly? Um, oh, I see. That kind of stuff. Like, how can you can you so, do a limit offset? Like, what can you do in real time when you're serving the data to make it appear quick? Gotcha. So put a lot of effort into the ingestion and storage of the events such that the querying right. can be efficient. So your query, yeah, so you query events table as efficiently as possible the way you build that table. Mm-hmm. And then, like, build into your application logic like UI patterns, et cetera, that help to mitigate that that's not like a super fast query. And then probably also trying to figure out how to not blow up your memory stack. Like, cause wouldn't it, doesn't it seem like that's a risk trying to do stuff at the application layer? Like we, well, we'd run a query on events and it comes back with like a million rows. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. You know what I mean? And so talking For to sure. You know, talking to my friend, um, that was kind of hit. I don't want to say that was his point, but he was like, do you really need a million records at one time? Like, why would you, do you really need right. to execute that query? Like, can you do, you know. With limits. I limits. See. That's what he was talking about. He was saying, do you really need to pull a million records through at a time? Like, what's the purpose of that? Um, and so that's more of a client specific question. But I think once we build it, we can then work with them to mm-hmm. iron out those details. What he does, he has an uh, analytics, he's a CTO of an analytics company, and they do partitions. So they do table partitions in Postgres every 30 days. And so they, oh, wow. you know, yeah. So so that was what he was talking a lot about, how they use, they partition their data. Um, so point being, like, depends on what we, depends on what database we use, but there will be strategies, I think, to make it work. Yeah, the every 30 days partition is pretty good. Because I well, would imagine most people, most end users, 
are going to want to see stuff that's relatively recent. I mean, even if it's in the past year or whatever, you can still, after a while, drop off stuff that's older than a year. So what, yeah, what they do is they roll it up. So like after a year, then they roll all the data up so they don't keep, you know, the full events table. Oh, they don't even keep it. Yeah, they don't keep it past, I don't I think he said a year. Um, so then they roll it up because people, but that works for his use case, right? Sure, yeah. His people want to see stats going back X number of years, but they don't want contacts who viewed their page a year ago. Yeah. So I don't know exactly our client if, if we are that flexible, but I do think if we think a little more, we being the client about what they really need, mm-hmm. we can work to optimize it more, help them. But we got to give them something to work with. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I like the, I like the partitions. I really, I really think partitioning is a good way to go because it's managed by the database itself and not by us, which seems nice. Mm-hmm. And the database can know I need to go to this one partition and I can avoid these 10 others and not even like, not even look there. It doesn't even matter because it won't be there. That's pretty awesome. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Big day. Yeah, it was, it was a big day. So it's all good things. It's just, you know, a change mm-hmm. from um, what we were originally trying to do. So how's it going to work with the query builder? So we're going to allow them, their users are going to build queries yeah, and then we're, but the queries are going to be, so it's going to be significant change under the hood. Cause we'll have to know like this particular clause or refinement, I guess, most likely is going to go through the events table. So then it's a separate query. Is that kind of how it's going to work? Yeah, that's kind of how it's going to work. And then we give them Hey, look, you set it up with multiple tables. So then here's your query object. You figure out how to run it. <laughs> like, no. kind of, I mean, of course, we're going to do the integration because that's what we're doing for them. So no, like, we so figure it out. But the plan, and I'm still working on adding in these static filters. So I'm not, I haven't worked on it yet today. But the plan is so right now, when we go through, you know, I want, oh, events with products that are red and products that are blue, and I want to contact with first name Colleen, instead of returning the query, we will return a list of IDs of products that are red. So it will be like select all events, product IDs that match this list of IDs. So we'll execute, we, we Hammerstone Refine will execute the query, return the IDs, and then feed those IDs into the parent query. So yeah. we could end up okay. executing, you know, six different queries in an attempt to execute the one user intention. Right. So anytime we cross a database boundary, so we'll be inspecting the models as we go and the models, the Rails models have their connection settings on them. And anytime we notice, okay, this interior query that um, traditionally would have been run as a subquery by the by the database, this interior query is run on a separate database than this exterior query. So we need to execute the interior query and get a list of just scalar IDs. And then that becomes the where in instead of a where in subquery, it's where in list. And we just do that all the way out. Different execute, different execute, like 
bouncing back and forth between databases. Mm. Yeah. Hmm, indeed. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it's, it's fine. Yeah. I just wonder if there's going to be queries that they're going to end users will end up creating, which will be super duper duper slow. Like that's going to happen. So then it's a matter of kind of like if we're automatically letting them, if we're automatically running all these queries. Yeah, that's, that's a fun, fun problem. Yeah. <laughs> yeah big time. Problem. That's why. What's was, tell me about the static queries. Oh, that uh, by static queries, I meant the nested queries. So basically I'm trying to add in a query, like a refinement. I think we talked about it a couple of weeks ago. So, you know how you add refinements to like the inner, the inner query, the subquery. So I want to add additional filter queries to that subquery, which sounds complicated, but it's really not. I think I'm not, I'm not explaining it well. So it's like when you, you have a filter in a filter. And so you want to say, show me users that have bought product, my favorite products and my favorite products is a filter is a filter that's super complicated that you built and then saved somewhere else. Okay. Yeah, that makes sense. Are does that change our blueprint? No, no that'll still I'm... be just an option. Fascinating. That's so cool. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Cause all, okay. all like, all saved filters basically have an ID and a display. So it's like Colleen's favorite products, December, 2021 is the display. And then the ID is like one, two, three, four, five. And it's just an option condition to the front end. Nice. That's cool. Very cool. Yeah. I was wondering, I was like, Ooh, do we need to coordinate on that? But no. Awesome. No. And yeah. and no, because Laravel doesn't have that. So double no. <laughs> <laughs> double no. <laughs> Laravel doesn't have that? What do you mean? Like it doesn't uh, have- we don't have that we don't have that ability yet. So we don't on our side on the Laravel side, we don't have the ability to say this condition is a, you know, filter in a filter condition. Oh, meaning we just haven't built that out yet. Correct, yeah. Got it. Yeah. No, that's uh, I was wondering about that. Like we like we know that that's a thing. Um, that people want. So it'll just be like the rails side just gets a little bit ahead of exactly. the Laravel side. Yeah. Yeah. I'm going to let Colleen and her giant team of designers and developers figure it all out. <laughs> figure that and, out. Then, <laughs> and then I'm just going to copy it. <laughs> yeah. Cause the, the design is the, the, the design is a real issue. Like how do you build, you know, a filter in a filter? And so they'll get that sorted. Yeah. That's, I think that's, that'll be fun, but I think that's down the road a bit. I think the SQL is the biggest technical concern they have right now. Yeah. We actually have a vision for it, Sean, which you'll have to help me with, but probably not till not for a while. But the vision is like you're building out your filter and then you have this like slide in. Yeah. Like like you're saying I want to find all all contacts who viewed a product named red. So you'd, yep. but the, the product named red is its own filter. So it would like slide yep. in and you could build it and like build it in line and save it. Anyway, don't worry about that. That's, that's, that's way down the road, cool. but it'd be cool, right? Yeah. 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 And that's, that's the, cool. um, that's, I think the answer to infinite refinements. Like, why are we not just like 
making it filters making you know refinements yep. and refinements and refinements it's because yep. this is the vision there yep so yeah that and since sense. since filters are stabilizable you could then use your colleen's favorite products anywhere you want in any other filter that you want yeah and so it's kind of like you get super, to build it yeah. once. super super cool yeah that equals enterprise clients yeah, <laughs> yeah same thing sure. with your querying multiple databases Oh sure. yeah, I actually, I'm, I actually think querying multiple databases is going to make it into Laravel because it's it's a thing. People do this. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. Oh man, so yeah. this is like very very exciting. I know. Um, this client like was our could, biggest win by far. Yeah. Yeah, I just could see we, we're killing so many objections when talking when we're gonna you know if we start talking with any other enterprise clients. Oh yeah, because <laughs> we yeah we've solved real thorny problems. By the time you're done with this, Colleen, it's crazy. So it ha- can we go back to what you just said though, Aaron? You said it would just be an sure. option condition, uh-huh. but when I'm looking at contacts that have viewed a product filter, mm-hmm. that's two options condition because viewed is its own options condition. So it's almost like a nested options condition. condition. Maybe this is a unique case that we can talk about later. Oh, um, I see. So I think you can make, you can um, control the clauses on your options filter, right? So instead of saying, so you'd say like contacts have viewed a product and like your, your, I think, your options clause there would be have viewed a product and then your go ahead. We want that to be selectable. It's not just have viewed it's have, have clicked on, have whatever's in that table. And each of those are different clauses, I think. Right. Yeah. I see what you're saying. Right, right, right. But then you need have viewed a product. Now I need another drop down. That's like to select you, product to select product filter. At least that's what I'm working on. Um, so the product filter in this case, again, we can talk about this offline, isn't its own independent condition. It's actually tied to another condition. Okay. Um, will you have? So I was thinking the clauses would be have viewed a product, have clicked on a product, have something a product. And then the option that they would be choosing from is the product filter. But that viewed is my through key, right? On the events table. So mm-hmm. I can't I can't do that because I need to build up the... I have to go through... Anyway, uh, we'll look at it later. Um, mm-hmm. I see. It, I see I what you're it'll saying, still yeah. all work out, but I, I was just, just... You said that and I was like, wait, did I miss yeah. something? I think it's actually like double option conditions. So the static, I'm just going to call it static filter, but like the pre-created filter has to Mm -hmm. tie into that specific condition. I see. That makes sense. Yeah. Um, I think it'll still work fine. I think it'll be, it'll be all right. Yeah, for sure. As we've learned, we we can make anything work. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Yeah. I I see what you're saying now. Okay, cool. Um, Speaking of, squashing or quashing objections uh we have a call with a new potential rails client on thursday right yeah 
So this all happened publicly on Twitter, so I don't feel like we need to not talk about it. But I saw, let's see, how did it happen? Oh, the auto, the auto tweet from Transistor went out when I published last week's episode. Somebody replied and said, what do you guys do exactly? And then um, another guy that I'm Twitter friends with replied and said, this is, you know, I've been listening from the beginning. This is what they do. And then Jesse, right? Jesse, Jesse Hanley from Bento chimed in and was like, hey, I really need a query builder. And if you can solve this for me, I'll buy it yesterday. It's like, oh, yep. really? <laughs> and he's, a, he's, Bento is on bullet train, right? Yep. Sure is. <laughs> and he and Andrew, he and Andrew are like best buds. Yep. So this is great. I it think it's great. great. Yeah. yeah. So I told him, I mean, publicly, all, all of this, I told him, great, we are working with Bullet Train. We are working with a client that's got billions of rows. Like, we're not quite there, but do you want to talk? And he's like, yes, I can talk tomorrow. Does that work? And I was like, well, I'm, I'm going out of town. I, you know, I think Colleen's asleep or something. So <laughs> we're, talking, we're talking to him on Thursday. Yeah. So it's Thursday night our be a, time because he's yeah because he's in Japan. Okay, that's what I yeah. Thought. Um, so that's kind of exciting. And his deal is, I think he uses the um, I forget what it's called, but it's the jQuery query builder as the front end. Um, okay. And good news is, like, we can you know, intercept, we can write middleware for our adapter to work or for our blueprint to work with, with the jQuery front end. Um, I saw him mention something like, what was it? Query builder. There was like a website. It was like query builder. JSON. I think it's query builder. JS maybe. Um, hmm. Or JS well, query, like builder. A query builder. JSON website. Uh-huh. Query builder.js.org. That thing. Yep. That's the one. Yeah. So you can see it like, it's not totally dissimilar from what we're doing. If a little bit, you know, more technically minded. Um, and I actually did write, I did write an adapter at one point between our blueprint and this. Um, and it's not perfect, nor is it finished, but I did, I did write one. So we'll just, you know, who knows if we're in a spot where we can help him if he needs something tomorrow you know, probably not, but we can at least talk to him and tell him the things that we've learned and, um, what we're doing with, with the client. So that's exciting. Yeah, that's great. And you, you and him speak the same language. So I'm just, I'm going (laughs) to ride along. It's going to be your deal. I don't, I don't speak bullet train. So when, when Jesse was talking about, he was trying to figure out like what we do, you know, and he went to the website and he's like, I don't, mm-hmm. this, that didn't help me. So obviously we need to do our website so that it's actually yes. useful for this. So what would, okay. So I'm going to throw this out there. There's a new react framework called remix coming out. Okay. And it is very clearly oriented towards content based websites. Um, mm-hmm. And I like everything that I'm seeing so far and I want an excuse to check it out next week. And I was thinking of banging out our marketing site with it, but that would change us from your Laravel setup, but I would just do the marketing stuff. Full support. I do not, I do not have any ties to owning the marketing website. Um, 
So as I, long as you're comfortable, like either editing yeah, only, it or making it able for us to edit it. Exactly. Easily. That was, that would be like, I'm going to play around with it. And mm-hmm. if I can't set it up so that way it's easy for anybody to go make a change, <laughs> then yeah. it's not going to work though. That is currently the problem I have with the Laravel marketing thing. Mm-hmm. So I'm like, oh, okay, I'm going to have to get this whole thing set up and like figure out enough about Laravel to, to make the changes, et cetera. Right. It's probably not hard, but it, it's like the same amount of work that it would be for you guys to figure out this thing if it's not right. straightforward. But it has file-based URLs, which like, okay, so I wrote a whole Rails thing, which lets me just write a markdown file, put it in the file structure where I want it to be in the URL structure, and then it turns it into markup and then serves it at that URL. Because I wanted to just be able to open up a text editor, open up a file, write markdown, save it, Git commit as I go, use that to like save stuff on a branch for drafts or whatever, like use Git like I normally do and then push it and then have it just show up at the right URL. I mm-hmm. think that remix lets us do that. I think um, the markdown piece, I'm not exactly sure yet, but I think that's workable. So anyway, we, we, we have that, that ability then, with our documentation part, but the like actual homepage is right. just, html i mean yeah right it's served by laravel but it's just html it's a copy from a tailwind ui thing it's documents are they on a, sub, a subdomain i have those. no they're not that's all right we it's on a, that out. it's on a subfolder or directory yeah i'm super not precious about the marketing site i would love to not own that but i'm happy right. to continue owning it if if i need to okay. we would need to figure out the docs thing um but that seems that seems doable. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. So that's gonna launch next week. So I'll mess around with it probably next week. I was hoping okay. that would be my like Thanksgiving project. Nice. Or me and Aaron getting it to work with the uh, the Laravel piece. That's my one my priority. But yeah, different kinds of brain work. Yeah, we can sync up. We'll do that. Cool. Aaron, how about you? You seem a little tired today. How you oh, doing? just a little bit. Um, good. The, we, you know, went to Virginia last weekend, um, and it was great. The kids are amazing. My parents are amazing. Jennifer's amazing. It just worked out, like it. It worked out surprisingly well. However, just not a lot of sleep. Yeah, the know? whole excitement. Yeah, and you know, you have you know Thursday night rehearsal dinner and then Friday night wedding. And so we're out until midnight each night. And then the kids don't know that it's a wedding weekend and you know, they're sleeping in our room, not my parents' room. Right. Um, so then they wake up at, fortunately it's an hour different. So they woke up at 8am, which is better. Um, but we've still got to get up before them to prepare. And then you do the whole day, you know, of wedding activities and seeing the city. And so just, and then you got to fly home, which is miserable. We left, we actually, the flight out, Jennifer and I woke up at three thirty Dallas time because our flight was at like six twenty or something. <laughs> and, you know, we were walking through the airport with just like a hysterical number of bags holding like a Yeti full of breast milk. We've got like six gallons of breast milk in a soft <laughs> Yeti. And it's like, is this the best idea? <laughs> so, it. I mean, I have no complaints. It went 
amazingly well. It's just, it's just exhausting. Um, yeah, traveling with kids that age is hard. It is yes. real hard. It's so it's, hard. It's real hard. I honestly, I don't think we would have made it. And we certainly wouldn't have had fun if my parents weren't there. There's just, there's just no way. There's no way. Um, so that's where I've been. Um, trying to think of anything that pertains to us. Um, I got a DM from the Indie Hackers account asking me if I wanted to do an AMA. Sweet. And I was like, sure. Oh yeah. 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 Sounds great. Definitely. Um, so they, I assumed it's Cortland. It could be like a community manager or somebody DM'd me and was like, Hey, I know you're bootstrapping and working and a new parent. Do you want to do an AMA about it? I was like, yeah, heck yeah. That sounds great. So I'll be doing that at some point, which is exciting. Um, I was going to say maybe after we have a marketing website, that would be kind of maybe who knows. (laughs) (laughs) I know. I don't know if they want you to do it this week or if they were just like, do it, whatever. But it'd be kind of cool. Um, cause that'll drive a lot of traffic to our Hammerstone site. Yeah. I will look, he sent me or they sent me a a Calendly and I will look and maybe try to do it later rather than sooner. Maybe in December if you can do it. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Just a thought. Good thought. Good thought. Um, so that's super exciting and encouraging. And that is about it. Last night I took my, um, independent pursuit time to work again on Keith's stuff and feel like I'm making good progress there. That'll probably be, I'll probably spend some time next week, um, just finishing that up. Um, and then Colleen, you said you wanted to see some of that. So I may be able to show you some once I get once I get done. Um, so yeah, I think that's about it. Um, I've got, I've got a whole stack of new books that I can read. Oh, yay. I got mine too. My, yeah, got all my, my sequel books. Um, and I'm just learning a freaking ton. And I think one good source of content for us on this database specific stuff is going to be reading these books and then like turning these kind of academic um, explanations into like rails and Laravel specific, like here's how you would do it in the framework that you're using and not just like in theory indexes work from left to right. It's like, well, here's how you would do it in in rails to make it more performant. These things are just full of great ideas. And it's like, why is nobody reading books anymore? I already did this bit last week, so I don't need to do it again. But <laughs> it's did. been great, and I love it, and I'm it's, super pleased with it. That's awesome. Yeah, I'm thinking, yeah. like, as we get more into it, and we will, throughout the course of this, have to be really good at databases. So I should also get some mm-hmm. Postgres books, because I think mm-hmm. most Rails people do Postgres. So, so it'll be awesome. We'll be like the dream team. Database dream it's team. Gonna, I know. It's going to be very so excited fun. that... I am not included in that. I'm the database. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, I love it so much. So I'm happy. I'm happy to handle that one. If you want to do remix or whatever, you do that. I'll read my sequel books and then <laughs> we'll all be happy. <laughs> so I think that's, I think that's all I've got. Um, unless anyone has anything else, I think we can call it. I'm good. All right. Talk to you later. Bye guys.